Wow, come on, let's really give them a big God bless you for that. Just outstanding. Come on, just, just amazing. God with us. Thank you, Barry. God with us. That's what that's all about today. That's what we're all about today. God with us. They shall call His name Emmanuel. God with us. Not God afar off, but God with us. And I want to say a big thank you to everyone who's done so much work for today's services. And But you know what? Christmas for Citygate is not just about a service. We've been involved in so many things. And can I also say a big thank you to all those who have worked really hard. We've done hundreds of hampers and hundreds of toys and so many. I think we got just some photographs up here. We've given away so much stuff. We've We've absolutely smashed out the ballpark, the numbers that we said we'd do. So thank you very much, Citygate Church, generous people, every one of you. Fantastic. But you know what? Um, there are so many things we could talk about Christmas. You know, I love Christmas. I love the Christmas season. It's a lot of work. And how many of you love Christmas? You love the fact that there's giving and receiving. How many, how many of you love the time off work? You know what? Christmas is about so many things. So many things. It's about everybody gathering around the TV to watch for the 3,000th time uh, Die Hard. <laughs> yeah, what else? Uh, Polar Express. Home Alone. I've already seen it twice. In the it's like, dear God, what's going on? Twice and it's not even Christmas yet. Elf. Elf. Uh, yeah, Elf. What else? Snowman. Oh, Ben-Hur, snowman then Ben-Hur, fantastic, so many things Christmas is about, you know, perhaps you're travelling to another country to see your relatives or perhaps they're coming here, you know, so many things go on but, but I want to make it loud and clear today, you know, we are here to celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, the Saviour of the world, Jesus. There is no other way. The Bible says that Jesus Christ is the Saviour of the world. And we love Him here today and we got a, our hearts are turned towards Him today. And we want to talk a little bit just about that for the next few minutes. Matthew chapter 1 verses 18 to 23 says this. Now this is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother was pledged to be um, married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit because Joseph, her husband, was a good man. He did not want to expose her to public disgrace and he had in mind to just divorce her quietly. But after he had thought about this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to marry Mary. Why? Because the child that's conceived is from the Holy Spirit. And she'll give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus. Because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what had already been said thousands and hundreds of years earlier uh, through Isaiah the prophet. And he and he'd said this, that the virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel. Let's still say Emmanuel. Emmanuel, which means, which is translated, God with us. God with us. This is the message of Christmas. The fact that for God so loved this world that he didn't stay far off, but he wanted to be reunited with his world, with you and with me, with, with all of his creation. 
things had gone very wrong and God was, as it were, on the outside as, a, as an observer and God wanted to, to, you know, to restore that. He wanted to sort it out. So he sent his only begotten son, the Lord Jesus Christ, who we are celebrating today. And he said this, he said, whoever believes that, that you know, Christ is Lord, that he's king, that he's God, that all of that, that if you believe that, then you will not perish. You'll have eternal life. You'll have everlasting life. Now, we're not talking about pie in the sky here. We're not talking about, you know, that uh, Christianity is about just a belief in a God somewhere. We're talking about a daily life where it's a life with God 24-7. It said you shall call his name Emmanuel. There's incredible power in names. We've just had four babies born last week. Was it last week, the week before? Four babies in one week. That's, that's awesome. Fantastic. We love babies. It's great. So sometime in the next few weeks or months, all of those four babies are going to come up here. We're going to pray for them and, you know, do all of that. And often it'll be concerning their name and what their name means. My name means youthful. Youthful. I'm loving it. Loving it. Long may that name. Keep calling me Julian. That's absolutely fine. You're telling me I'm getting younger every day. Well, that's what the computer at the gym is telling me anyway. But you know what? Names are so very important. Uh, and in the Bible, they're not just a name to call somebody. They're actually more like a description. And as you go through the names of God in the Bible, I want to say this. Every one of them is positive. You don't find one time where you find God is, you know, and his name should be called boring. Or his name should be called irrelevant. Or his name should be called out of date or his name will be called angry, or his name will be called oppressive. None of that. The only names you find of God in the Bible is this, wonderful, wise. You find him as the God who will heal you. I'm the God who heals you. I'm the God who will provide for you. Every time you read of a name of God in the Bible, it is a positive name. And you know, we all live in a world where there's so much going on. There is a source of positivity and it's our God. He is a positive God. He's a God who's got good plans for you. He actually says, I've got plans to give you a hope and a future and a name that we find in the Bible thank you very much is almighty I don't know what you've heard about God that he's impotent can't do anything but I want to tell you today God is a God of power and God is a God who can get involved in everyday life in the most amazing ways he can get into your situation and he can turn it around all of us have experiences in life. Life is made up of a whole load of experiences. We have the mountaintop experiences when life is good. Living the dream. Got the job that I want. Got the car that I want. Got the woman that I want. Or the man. Things are good. Just had a pay rise. Things are great. Got the house of my dreams. You know what, it's, it's easy in those times to say, you know what, God is really with me. Hello? You know, God is really with me. Look, everything's, everything's just going so well. Everything's fantastic. God is really with me. But 
you know, by inference, what we're saying, if we say that, is when we're going through a storm or when we're going through a valley or when we're going through a desert place or we're going through a tough time or we're going through a challenge, the inference is, well, perhaps not, you know, perhaps God is not with me in those times. But I want to tell you loud and clear today that God is with us 24-7. He doesn't come and go. The evidence of God being with us is not just when everything is going well. The evidence of God being with us is that He walks with us on a 24-hour, seven-day-a-week, 52 weeks a year on that basis. He's with us all the time. So what does that mean? Because, you know, surely if God's with me, why is this happening to me? Or why did that happen? I don't know about you, but another film that I, I tend to watch, it seems to come out at Christmas time, is uh, a Tom Cruise film, Night and Day. I don't know if anyone's seen that, a sort of funny action film. And there's a great scene in that. There's a number of great scenes in that. I love the bit where he shoots the cop and he has to do it. And he says, don't worry, I've shot you through the leg. I've missed your bone and your artery. It's all good. I just think that's great. It's like eternally positive. It's all good. It's like, it's all good. But there's this other scene where he's there speaking to this person. I won't tell you the whole story. We'll be here all day. But he's there with, you know, Cameron Diaz. And he's saying to Cameron Diaz, he's saying this. He said, listen, your chances of survival are up here if you're with me and they're down here if you're without me. With me? Without me, with me, without with me, without me. Which one do you want? With me or without me? And I feel like I want to say to people today and speaking to myself, you know, it's far better to go through life with God than without God. Well, are you with me or without me? You'll go through life whichever way you go. But with Him, you've got a hope, you've got a future. God will turn situations around. God will come in and bring deliverance, healing. He'll bring answers. He'll bring wisdom. He will open doors which no one can shut. And He will shut other doors which no one can open. Every footstep, the Bible says, that you take are ordered of the Lord. And great is the peace of your children. Great. God is a healing, providing, good Saviour. He's a good God. He's a good God. So how is God alongside us in all these different situations? Well, the first sort of situation that we can think about today is the valleys of life. Oh, mate, Pastor Jay, we've come to a Christmas celebration. Do we, need to, do we really need to talk about the valleys? Well, someone's got to talk about them. <laughs> you know, we all go through valleys in life. A valley often in the Bible is where the battles are taking place. And I don't know about you, but perhaps you're going through the fight of your life. Perhaps something's going on with your finances or in your relationship or with your kids or with your job. There's obviously all this stuff going on in the economy right now. And March 29th, wow, what's going to happen there? There's all sorts of stuff which produces all sorts of stuff in our own lives. And we can feel like we're fighting for our life. And, and, and I don't know about you, but I'd prefer to fight with God. Come on, I prefer to fight with God than without God. It says in, in Psalm 84, which is like a song in the Bible, it says, uh, blessed are those whose strength is in you, which is speaking about God, who have set their hearts on a journey. Can I say, if you're going through a valley, keep walking. Yes. Keep walking. Don't camp in the valley. Don't, don't, you know, just sit down and say, this is it. I'm going to live here for the rest of my life. 
Uh, yeah, there are times that we're in a valley, but just make sure you're walking through it all the time. As they pass through the valley of Bacar, which means the valley of tears, they turn it into a place of springs and fountains. The rains come and they cover it with pools. And those people go from strength to strength. Isn't that a great promise? The fact that even if you're going through a valley, you can go from strength to strength with God. Come on. Or you can camp there without God. I speak to so many people in my life, whether it's in the coffee shop or, you know, on the train or wherever it is. And so many people camp in the valley. And I just believe God wants to say to you, come on, stand up on your feet. This is Christmas time. There's a hope and a future. He is God. He is Emmanuel, God with us in the valley. And if we draw near to God in the valley, what are we going to get? We're going to get strength and we can turn that situation into something positive that is going to work great things for us in the future. Don't waste your valleys. Come on, don't waste your valleys. Walk through your valleys with God. What's the next thing we're going to talk about quickly is the desert places. Wow, it's getting, it's getting worse. <laughs> the barren, dry. Every, you know, I look that way, all I can see is nothing. <laughs> I look that way, all I can see is nothing, nothing, nothing. I'm surrounded on every side by drought, sand, nothing there except the sand fleas. <laughs> Strange thing is often those experiences need to, often come after the mountaintop experiences. Same thing with Jesus. He'd just have this the most incredible encounter with his father. He'd been, you know, uh, at the time he was 30 years old, something happened and, and says the heavens opened and, and it says the power of God comes down upon his life and, and absolutely transformed. And that's the Jesus that we read about. He went around healing people and setting people free and feeding people and all the stuff that he did by the most amazing power of God. But it says in the next verse, after all that had happened to him, the next verse is that and he was led out into the desert. And for 40 days and nights, he really had... A, a horrendous time out there, all sorts of pressure on him to compromise, all sorts of pressure on him to give up, all sorts of pressure for him to turn around and say, I'm not doing this anymore. And so often in the desert places of life, we're in the point where we're saying, you know what, I'm not doing this anymore. But you know what, with God, there's a hope and without God, there's nothing left. With God, come on, without God, with God, without God. Out in the desert, there was a guy called Elijah in the Old Testament who was an Old Testament prophet. And he had the most amazing things go on in his life. And, you know, just he, he was somebody God used to raise the dead and do all sorts of amazing things. And there was a time when he called down fire from heaven. Wow, sounds really wacky. It was really quite strange at the time. He said, fire came down from heaven. And then it says he went from that amazing experience and he ran a hundred miles to get away from a crazy, angry woman. Come on, anybody been there? Yeah, I'm not, don't put your hands up, please. Oi! <laughs> Ran a hundred miles. That's a long way to get away from this crazy woman. And it says he sat down under a tree in the desert. And you know what he prayed? God, I just want to die. Kill me now. He saw no way out of his desert situation. But you know what? In that situation, something started to happen. The earth began to quake. 
says, but God wasn't in the earthquake. That was a bit strange. And then, then something else happened and something else happened. And all these incredible things were happening around him and wind and fire and all this stuff. And he says, God wasn't in that. And then the next verse says, and then he heard a still, small voice. He heard a whisper. In the middle of the desert, escaping from an angry woman who wanted to kill him. He'd just seen all these incredible things, just called down fire from heaven. And all of a sudden, he's hearing a still. What did I just say then? Only the people on the front row heard me. Why? Because they were so close. In the desert, it may feel like God's not there, but that's the time to draw close to God. That's the time to draw close. That's the time to open your heart and not just pray prayers like, God, kill me now. I can't take this anymore. But to say, God, you are as close as a whisper. I think it's fantastic that God in that situation came through What do we do in the valley? We draw strength from God. What do we do in the desert? We draw close to God. Why? Because he's as close as a whisper. With me, without me. Another sort of situation we have, and you're going, Pastor Jay, this is really getting depressive this morning. Well, in every one of these, there's an answer, yeah? And that's the storms of life. Storms. How many of you love the storms? (laughs) man alive who remembers the storms of 1987 now you are going to be over 40 aren't you really storms of 1987 I remember that so well it was October the 15th 1987 why do I remember it so well because it's the night we returned from our honeymoon that's what it was we got married on October the 3rd and we'd hung around for a couple of days, gone to a hotel somewhere around here and then, we'd, and then, we'd, um, and then we got on a plane and we went over to, uh, over to, where did we go? Dubrovnik, oops, Dubrovnik. Had a great sort of eight or 10 days there and then we came back and as we were coming into land at other Gatwick or Heathrow, the plane was doing this. Why? Because the storm was coming. I don't know, perhaps you're feeling some of this in your life right now. I don't know. And then we landed, you know, and we got the car back or whichever, the taxi or whatever it was. And we got home and you know what? The house began to shake. We went to sleep and we got up the next day to absolute disaster. I don't know if you remember it. Trees all over Bromley were down. Kew Gardens was destroyed. And all through Kent, it was as if there was a, it was a hurricane. Of course, there's the most famous piece of news reporting ever. Or the weather, Michael Fish. Some of you remember. And earlier that day, it was before lunch, he said, we've had some phone calls into the BBC of people saying, is there going to be a hurricane today? No, of course not. I don't know what you're talking about. Weather's going to be beautiful, is basically what he said. And of course, 12 hours later, he's proved completely wrong. But so often storms just come at a time you just don't expect them. Perhaps you're out there on holiday. Perhaps you're out there on the mountaintop. Perhaps this is just a great season. Perhaps it's just normality. Life is just normal, just going on day by day the way it is. And all of a sudden, it's as if some storm, you weren't expecting it, just arrives and knocks the wind out your sails. There's another man, the Apostle Paul in the Bible, in the book of Acts. So it's about all the early church times. And um, it says he was 
he was, um, he was on a boat going to Rome and he had said to the captain, he had said to, guy, you know, to the, the uh, crew, guys, don't set sail. And they said, no, no, it's going to be fine. He said, listen, God's told me, don't set sail. We need to stay here. And they said, no, it's going to be fine. And they were taking him to be tried over in Rome um, for various things. And um, so out they go. And of course, this storm explodes on the sea. Came from nowhere. No one was expecting it. And it said the sun, they didn't see the sun for many days. They were throwing everything out the boat. They were trying to make the boat lighter. They tried to use the anchor and that didn't work. All sorts of stuff going on. How many of you know when the storms of life hit, you try to do everything you can to keep strong, to keep secure, to keep stable. But I tell you this, with God, come on, without God, with me, I'd prefer to be with God in a storm than without God in a storm. Prefer to be with Him in a storm than without Him. People say, well, if God is real, why are there storms? Storms happen because storms happen but I prefer to go through them with God than without God. And it was great in that account of that storm in the book of Acts. See, God speaks to the Apostle Paul and says, you know what? No one is going to lose their life. Why? Because God was with them. And I want to encourage you today that if you're going through a valley, draw strength from God. If you're going through the desert place, draw near to God. But if you're going through a storm, have faith in God because God has got a promise for you that He will bring you out into a place of success. No matter what you're going through, great verse in the Bible, even though horses seem to be riding over my life and so much going wrong, God will bring me out into a place of large success. See, God is a good God. God is a good Good God. We've been singing today about Emmanuel. I loved the fact. I loved that, that whole thing. I've asked, I've asked Freya for her autograph. I think she's the next. Just outstanding. She did everything she could to get to the star. She did everything she could. She, you know, she climbed up on the box. I don't know what sort of box you're climbing on in order to try to get to something to fill the void in your heart. I don't know. You're standing on a box trying to reach out to something and then then that didn't work. So we got the ladders and it's like, okay, I'm going to try even harder. You know, there's something. There's something out. There's something to give me a hope and a future. There's something. There's a purpose in life as a church. We talk about we know God. We find freedom. We discover purpose and we make a difference in this world. And at the very heart of it is the fact that God has designed us all to know God to have a relationship with God, not to have a religion. Somebody said to me today after the first service, of course, I'm not religious. And I said, no, I said, neither am I. (laughs) This is not just about creating a religion. God didn't send Jesus just for another religion in the earth. He did it to to provide a bridge for God to come to man. Not for man to get to God. You don't have to stand up on a box and, you know, people say, oh, well, of course I'm going to heaven, you know, because I'm a good person. What is it dependent on how good you are as to how much God loves you? Doesn't sound much like the love of a father to me. And here she is, she's, you know, she's climbing up the ladder that little bit further and then she thinks, you know what, I'm just going to put everything into this, I'm going to make the space suit. 
Become an astronaut. Do everything I can. You know what? It's not about you doing everything you can. It's about the fact that God has done everything he could. He sent his only begotten son to give you a hope and a future, to give you a relationship back with the God who created you. But, you know, perhaps you've got a question today and I want to help to try and answer this question. And perhaps the question is, how can I be sure that God is with me? How can I be sure that God is with me? I would not want to leave this to chance. Hope, guess, pray, wonder. Well, maybe one day. How do I know that God is with me? Well, it's important that we understand it is not about us trying to reach God to be with God, but it's the fact that God came down to us to be with us. God made the first move. God loves us so much that he made the first move. That's what Christmas is all about. You know, perhaps you think you need to be good or you need to be religious. Or you need to, well, I, you know, I haven't been bad. Well, where's the line on what's good and bad? When do you know you've crossed that line and, oh, I've gone too far now? No, these things are not earned. These things are not deserved. These things are freely given. Perhaps you think you don't need God and you're okay on your own. With God, without God. With God. Or without God. See, God has got such a heart for his people. He's got such a heart for his creation. He so loves your life and my life that he's done everything he can. Somebody said to me after the first service that had just been so touched by the presence of God in this place and so impacted by some of the things that have gone on today. And he said, you know what? He said, this has absolutely turned my life upside down. This has impacted me on the inside today. You know what? It isn't about what I've said. It's not about what we've filmed. It's not about what we've sung. It's about the person of Emmanuel, God with us. I want to ask you today, do you know that God is with you? Has that been settled in your life? Because even though that's his title and that's his name, we have a part to play in that relationship. And it's not our part isn't to be good enough that he'll be with us or to be religious enough that he'll be with us or to not have been bad so God is with us. No, it all comes down to this one thing. Have you given your life to Jesus Christ. You see, he says, I stand at the door and I'm knocking. Knock, knock, knock. I'm knocking on your life. I've been knocking for the last year. I've been knocking for the last five years, the last 10 years, the last 20 years. I've been knocking, knocking, knocking. I'm a God. I'm not going to force my way into your life. I love you so much that I'm going to give you the choice and the free will, but I want to live my life with you and not without you. I want to move home. He says, come on, if you open the door, if you open the door to my love, if you open the door to the fact that Jesus Christ died on the cross 2,000 years ago, if you open the door of your heart, don't keep Him in a box at Christmas. Don't keep Him just for Easter. Don't keep Him for just a certain type of, you know, person who just happens to be a religious type of a person. You know, don't think, well, you know, Christianity is a crutch for weak people. Or, you know, all those Christians, you know what, they're just hypocrites. 
hypocrites. They don't know what they're talking. Of course, now we have science today. That means we don't need God because now we can answer the fact that an amoeba became a so-and-so. Can I just say, God is greater than all of that. He's bigger than all of that. He's a God of love. He's a God of joy. He's a God of power. And He's the only answer to the hopes and the needs of the world. I want to ask you today, really from the bottom of my heart, with everything in me, to connect with the God who is already here. He's already made the move. I didn't find that out till I was 19 years old. Been told it a thousand times. But on October the 8th, 1984, for me, when I was just 18, just turned 19 years old, somebody said to me, you know, if you've got the guts to even accept that there could be a God, now this is what he said to me, I was a bit of an aggressive sort of a person, so it was that sort of a challenge for me. If you've got the guts to even accept that there could be a God, come on, he's knocking on the heart on the door of your heart. For Sharon, she was just lying on the bed at, you know, seven years old. She just knew that Jesus loved her. What's your story? What's your story? Oh yeah, Pastor Joe, I've always believed there's a God. Well, that doesn't, that doesn't solve the problem, really. You can always believe there's a McDonald's down the road, but if you never go and eat there, you never go. It's not about what you believe, it's about what you live. See, God is knocking on the heart, on the door of your heart right now. Perhaps you've never given God a second thought. Perhaps you've thought about Him every day. Perhaps you're going through such a storm, you think, where's God in the storm? Perhaps you're going through a valley, where's God in the valley? Perhaps you're going through the desert, where's God in the desert? Perhaps you're on the mountaintop, I have no need of God, look at my life. It's awesome. Come on, with God, without God. With God, without God. I'd like to pray a prayer right now. And it's a prayer really from the bottom of my heart, but it's a prayer I've prayed so many times. Prayed every Sunday in this place. And that is a prayer to say, Lord Jesus Christ, make a difference in my life. I want to open my heart to you. Perhaps it's hearing that still small voice. Perhaps you've been trying to hear an ambulance. You're trying to hear a siren on some great sign. God says, you know what? Just draw near to me this morning and just hear my love for you. Right now with every eye closed, please, and every head bowed. And this is not out of it being spooky. It's just out of honoring people around us. It's not a show. This is where a very extremely personal decision takes place. And I want to ask you today, please, from the bottom of my heart, will you open the door of your heart to Jesus Christ? Let him come in. He died for you. He paid the price for you. Today's a celebration day. So it's a celebration of the birth of the Saviour. But he was born for one reason, and that is this, to have a relationship, father-son relationship with you and I. 
So right now, with every eye closed and every head bowed, I'm going to ask a question and we're going to ask for a response. And, and what is that response? Well, it's very, very simple, really. We just want to say, come on, are you going to connect with God? Are you going to give God a chance in your life? Are you going to say, Jesus, are you real? I want to know. And we're going to ask you to just do one thing, and that is just to lift your hand. And that's a sign between you and God to say, God, I want to give you the opportunity with my life. No matter what you've been through, good, bad or ugly, perhaps you're here and everything's been great. Perhaps you're here and you're struggling through life. All that is irrelevant to this one thing and that is God wants a relationship with you. So with every eye closed and every head bowed, if you're here today and you want to say, Pastor Jay, you know what? I want to to pray a prayer. I want to ask the Lord Jesus Christ to be real to me, with me, without me with God or without God. I want to go from this place today saying I want to live my life with God and today's the first step of a journey for the rest of my life. So if that's you today, just with every eye closed and every head bowed, I'm just going to ask you to lift your hand in this place right now. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Is there anybody? God bless you. Is there anybody? Once I've seen your hand, please put it down. Is there anybody else here today? Wonderful. God bless you. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. Come on. Is there anybody else here today? Please, from the bottom of my heart, I'm saying if, you, if you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Saviour, please open your heart to Him right now. Is there anybody else here today on this awesome Christmas celebration day when we're celebrating the birth of a Saviour? Let Him be your Saviour. Is there anybody else here today? Wonderful. Thank you, Jesus. How about we all stand to our feet right now? And, and I want us, I'd like us to all to pray a prayer right now. I'm going to say the, the words and then everyone's going to repeat it. I've prayed this prayer thousands of times and so have a lot of people in this room. But come on, <laughs> especially if you've responded here today, let's all pray this prayer together. Let's say, Heavenly Father, thank you that you love me, that you've demonstrated your love by sending your Son, Jesus Christ, to be born and to die on a cross, be raised from the dead, to give me a relationship back with You. Thank You, Jesus, for dying for me, to give me life. I open the door of my heart and I ask You to come in to be my Lord, my Saviour and my friend. And by the help of Your grace and Your power, I will never be the same again. In Jesus' name, Amen. Come on, let's celebrate in this place today. That's all. Come on, let's give God a...